Well, howdy and hello there. Welcome to Further Every Day. This is a take two uh, today. Don't know what happened with the uh, recorder, but I need some of my charismatic friends in here to cast the demons out of the <laughs> recording system. But to my right, I have Josh, and he's sitting in the chair of theology. To his right, I have Miss Nikki. She's sitting in the chair of uh, culture. To her right, we have Mr. Charlie and Jennifer sitting in the chair of politics. To their right, we have Winston and Mr. Steve sitting in the chair. Be gone, demons! <laughs> we're having we're having a moment in the studio. Yours truly, John Arthur, will be sitting in the chair of economics. Go figure. Today, if you looked at uh, the title of the podcast, we are looking at the follow-up from last week. We're talking about the metaverse last week. This week, we're talking about escapism in general. So, uh, for right now, I'm going to move over to Josh. So, I want to ask you, we, we talked about this earlier, this is take two, you get to be more eloquent, but as we get into the issue of escapism, I want to ask you, is it morally acceptable in the Bible, from the Bible, can we say that escapism is not necessarily, is there anything wrong with escapism? Sorry, that bang threw me off. That bang totally threw me <laughs> off, too. I'm so sorry. I thought we were getting raptured. <laughs> Not again. Okay, sorry. Actually, totally again. But go ahead. But to answer this question, I heard something today at work, and they were talking about their parents and about how they were just living their life to the fullest, and they characterized how they were living their life to the fullest by how much fun they were having. Mm. Now here's what's interesting. You won't talk about that fun when you talk about it in relation to work. And so what you end up having is you have this life that is segmented off and you have sectors of your life. It's, com it's, it's compartmentalized. You have your work life, you have your, your fun life, you have the, the Saturday life, we the work, Sunday life. We work just to escape sometimes. And, and, and mm. so, and so this gets to the point of escapism. What you have is, you, you look for the escapism in that and you, you just segment it off and, and you separate it from the Christian life. Hmm. And that's not what we've been called to do. It's called to be the Christian life is supposed to, the word of God, the spirit is supposed to affect every aspect of life. It's no longer a dualistic system. It is now an all-encompassing, it affects you everywhere. So I hate to say so would you say, but just for the sake of expediency, are, are you effectively saying that while it is okay to indulge in, in escape, to enjoy uh, a moment of rest, it should never be done outside of the context of a biblical auspice? Of course, and because and the biggest thing is you don't want to run into the potential threat of engaging in a dualistic lifestyle. It's not, yeah. a, good, not a good place to be. Man, that's really good. So that brings us over to the chair of philosophy again uh, for take two today. Uh, when we are escaping, if we entertain ourselves with something that is not necessarily a true story, or if we involve ourselves in any sort of fantasy, what should be the philosophy governing that? You want to know how far you're taking it. You also want to understand, um, from a Christian perspective, you want to understand who's watching you as well. Because one, as Christians, we are representative, representatives of Christ. 
And more importantly, you want to know what God's Word says about what you're doing. Um, the What my dad likes to say is that whatever you do, your children are going to take to the extreme. Um, Those are good this, words. And this is, this is very true. Um, it's a... Fortunately, usually a very sad tale. Though this, it goes farther than that. You have younger people, younger co-workers, younger siblings, younger etc. That look up to you, that you may be more mature, more of a veteran, and whatever. They are going to emulate what you have done. They're going to take what your words, and they may take them to a hard, or to a, bring them to a harsher point than you do. So you need to understand how you're representing yourself and how you are portraying yourself. Because while we un- we ourselves understand what we are doing, the people around us only understand the actions and the outcomes of what we are doing. So to try to crystallize that in, in as a response to the question, if, if I may, tell me if I'm getting this right, you're saying that part of a good Christian philosophy is not only knowing why you do it, but making sure that others can see that there is a purpose behind it. We indulge in rest, sometimes fantasy, for the sake of rest, for recuperation. It's not to permanently divorce ourselves from reality, because there is a reality that there are a lot of people going to an eternity that is not a pleasant one. Dreams are nice, but then you wake up. Make sure you wake up. Oh, yes. Anything else from the chair of culture? <clears throat> Philosophy? Philosophy. Thank you. <laughs> need more coffee. About waking up. Uh, yes, dreams are exactly that, dreams. And you know, when you're escaping, whether it's um, in your mind whether you're escaping online, whether you escape through fantasies, uh, whatever means it is, you know, you have to make sure you've got a good solid base foundation that you can come back to. And that is your, your solid rock, which is Jesus Christ. And when you've got that rock, you can always come back to a solid foundation because you know exactly where you stand every single time. And the people that are losing it, they don't have that solid foundation. They come back and they're going on what's just like it says in the Bible, sinking sand. You don't have that foundation. It shifts. It's shifting on you way too much and and it's just like being when the sand is dry when you walk in it it just shifts and it's easy to sink in and as you move you just constantly sink in it all of the time in flight school they'll tell you never trust your eyes trust your instruments mm-hmm. hmm. always trust the instruments god has given us a bomb proof instrument cluster for our life And that also should dictate how we view rest, how we view relaxation, and how we view fantasy. There's nothing wrong with putting on a VR headset and enjoying some of this stuff. There's nothing wrong with reading a book or watching a movie. But there is something wrong when it replaces God, which we'll get to more in a moment. You know, you're right, John Arthur, because, you know, uh, we were given – by God to to have that day of rest. 
Absolutely. And when and it is part of our honoring God to rest. Now, whether how we choose to do that should be honoring God when we do rest. Now, we just have to be careful how far we take that. Make so, sure that it does honor God. That's a nice segue over to the chair of culture. I want to go to the chair of culture again here and just ask you, uh, for the first time for y'all, like twice for us today, I'm so sorry, uh, what kind of society on an individual level, I'm not talking, and, and, and as you know, we were talking about now off mic, there are exceptions to this rule that we need to talk about. And we can't go without talking about those who are suffering uh, and escape is their only way out, as you so eloquently put it off mic. But when we're talking about the general rule of a society that creates people, who encourages people, we have a whole generation that they live for the escape. What does that do to their will, to their productivity, to their capacity? They will lose the imagination and creativity that uh, America has ex experienced in the past. I mean, we've had a lot of innovation, uh, thinkers, creators, and a world of fantasy and escapism in our culture that we're seeing today is going to uh, prevent us seeing that in the future. And, and it's going to prevent um, people from experiencing success because they're just, they're not in reality. They're so not in reality. You, you had a really good definition for escapism. Mm -hmm. Yes. Would you like to share that? Um, habitual diversion of the mind to purely imaginative activity or entertainment as an escape from reality or routine. And I did bring up earlier that some people are using escape to survive, depending on the situation they're in. They're escaping because their home life is terrible. It, there's an abusive situation. Something, so they escape so they can survive, just yeah. to give them peace of mind. But I, and, and, I'm and, not sure. And let's throw the disclaimer out. Yeah. If you are escaping right now, if there's something that you're doing to, to get out of the situation that you're in, in your mind, there's somewhere you go. I've been there. I've been there. I mean, all of us have been there at some point, at some level. Some people at a much deeper level than others. That, there, there's grace and mercy for that. But what I want to, and, and we're not, we're not, we want to make sure that we come off with as, as a merciful tone as, as Christ would have. But that right there is the issue. You, your most expedient route to that healing is through Christ. And sure. that's, and that's where we want to end up today going. I, Mr. But I'm, I, like, oh, oh man, I'm, I'm just dying to jump on this because honestly, I'm not sure that what she's referring to there is really quote unquote escapism. Yes, it's, it's an escape from a, a current reality situation, but let's remember what the full definition is there. It's a habitual, a habitual diversion of the mind to purely imaginative activity someone someone used a very very nasty term and i'm going to use it here guys forgive me but they called it mental masturbation mm. it's they're, okay. they're going to something and it's just to pleasure their mind it's just to pleasure the mind it's not it has no value and it keeps you it keep here here's the here, here's why i bring that up just like pornography keeps men from going out and seeking meaningful relationships 
So do video games keeping men from going and achieving real world things. So yep. do movies keep us from seeking to 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 build something, to grow something, to do something. Escapism, all of those things are escapism, by the way, when taken to a An ungodly yeah. extent. Any of these things taken to an ungodly extent. Pornography is just a godly, flat out, full stop, sorry. But I'm saying any of those other things that might have innocent modalities when taken to an extreme, they, they, they take us off the eyes off the prize. And that's, and that's where I want to go with the next round of this. But before I do, I've got to get to the political and economic chairs. I want to go to the political chair. And this is a bit of a different tack than what we've taken with the other chairs. But politically, the weak unmotivated individuals who do not have a purpose and cannot, they don't feel they're infantile. They cannot accomplish things on their own. Is there a political motivation for governments and corporations who have allied themselves with politicians and wheedled their way into the government? Is there an impetus for them to do this? And what would the end goal be of this? Well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to let Jennifer handle that. But before she does, I want to, I want to give, let me read for you the definition of fantasy. Imagination unrestricted by reality as a modifier, a fantasy world, a creation of the imagination, especially a weird or bizarre one, a series of pleasing mental images, usually serving to fulfill a need not gratified in reality. The activity of forming such images, a whimsical or far-fetched notion. And the reason that I was countering what, what Nikki was saying, I wasn't countering what she was explaining because she's spot on right. She is absolutely right. But I think what I want people to understand is that if you're in one of those situations like she, she was describing there, as we're talking about escapism, you might find us coming to a conclusion and you're going, oh my, are you kidding? This is what I'm guilty of. I think we need to be extremely careful that we don't cross up what we're saying in in mixing it with reality for somebody are, else. Are you replacing reality as God has it for you with a fantasy? And I think that is a really good question. Now, Jennifer. You're good. Sure. So, um do politicians and businesses have a motive? Of course. Um, particularly things like Facebook with this metaverse, because I think the key of, from the definition of escapism is habitual. You know, companies want to create this place for people to escape to because it forms a habit. And you, people will come back and start keep using their services, using their services, using their services. As far as politics goes, uh, you know, if, if these companies are making money, then the politicians are making money. That's that's how it's working right now. Um, I, I would go a step further, though. Mm -hmm. Isn't there even a further value or incentive structure in having weak people? Well, sure. It create. I mean, this term has been overused, I think, recently. But in the truest sense, it creates a bunch of mindless sheep. And the sheep can be led wherever you want to lead them, um, so long as you're providing them with their food and water. And which is, you know, in this metaphor, the escapism. Isn't that really where we're at with regards to um, what's happened with the pandemic? Absolutely. I mean, what you're seeing is 
it's a control. It's it's a grab for control. Exactly. Exactly. And then on the economic terms, I'm going to go a little bit of a different route because Jennifer already kind of sort of nailed a little bit of it. There is an economic incentive. There is a tax incentive. But there's also something else. Our fight on this world is not of powers or principalities. Amen. It is of a spiritual warfare. And let me and let me put something forward to you. If you are losing time, it, Look, as someone, you know, hey, I am current on uh, Boba Fett. It just, it just wrapped up. But you know what? You know what? It's, that's okay. But the question is, is do you love Christ as much as you love your other pursuits? Okay? Mm. Do you spend, and this is something that Winston and Josh will say all the time, often on mic, do you spend as much time in the Word as you do in your fantasy because your time is short. I do want to add one quick point to the um, conversation that Nikki and Charlie were having um, about escapism. This is a issue that is quite very personal for me. Um, I was really, uh, really stuck in this back in high school. And, and to some extent, even to this day, it's something that I have to be careful of. Um, but it was not like binging a TV show. It was when I was not forced to be doing something in school under the watchful eye of teachers, the entire, the entire rest of my day, hours, eight hours straight, I would be doing nothing but sitting around and reading a book or thinking about the book and then rereading the book and then thinking about it again. And, and I, on weekends, on Saturday, if I didn't have anything to do, I would spend 12 hours doing nothing but thinking about things that weren't even real for uh, all, all through high school. And that, by the way, I, I think half of us in this room can can say mm -hmm. that we've we been late. Sure. And I, the, the point that I want to add to Nikki's point about using escapism to, to escape realities, because I was escaping, you know, some other mental issues that were going on. Um, when, when you give in, so to speak, to using escapism as the remedy, it creates this really dangerous cycle Amen. because you escape reality because reality is overwhelming. But the longer you escape, the more reality you're going to have to face when you get Amen. out, which makes you want to get out less, which which means you're going to spend more it time. Which it's, it's, it creates it weakness. And, it and, will and never end until you force yourself to end it. And it's, it's an issue of addiction. Yes. It's yes. an issue yes. of addiction, yes. which, which, is where, which is where I want to go next. Whether it's Facebook or whether it's drugs, whether it's YouTube or it's alcohol, whatever it is, the enemy of our souls, he wants to get us off of the game. My father uses a football analogy. He says, if you're a football player and you're playing the game, you're going to get crunched. But if you're sitting in the end zone in a chair sipping lemonade, the enemy is going to bring you Wrong another place. pitcher. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's going to bring you another pitcher. He's going to bring you the, the latest Sports Illustrated. Yep. Mm -hmm. and th there was a really interesting analogy um, that somebody made about the church in, the, in America um, that we are absolutely, in, gen in general, not under attack by Satan or any of his of his demons. 
because we are exactly where he wants us to be, which is comfortable and just hanging out, chilling, you know, I'll show up on Sunday and then, you know, go do, do my own thing. Like that's the, the, I feel like the church is in sort of an escapist mode almost with how comfortable we are. So there's a great article on this. If, if I can find it, I'll post it in the description, but it's talking about escapist evangelism. Yep. This and, and by the way, this person says, look, all the love to Billy Graham, but this idea that this world is not our home and we can check out and just grain. This is not what Billy Graham was intending to preach, but you'll hear a lot of people quote Billy Graham as though this was his message this Christian church thing of this world's not my home. I just, you know, hey, things are bad, but this world's not my home. I'm going to go home and just sort of hide away from the problems of the world. And and can I address that right there real quick from the political aspect? Because this is what Christians are doing today. As a matter of fact, we are in, we're in primary season, newsflash, and yet you want to know where Christians are sitting? On the sidelines. Separation of church and state. Yeah, they ain't ain't getting involved at all. Look, folks, our government is just as much our responsibility as it is a non-believer's responsibility. It does not matter. We're all responsible for it, and we should be getting involved with it. And of all elections, of all the elections that you have the opportunity to vote in, it's not the general election that matters. It's your primary. You don't like L. Donald Trump as the primary on the on the on the the top of the ticket don't let him get there where were you where were you when we had other people now now again i don't think anyone could have been quite as effective as he was in this time but unfortunately also kind of not a christian not saying things that were very christian and sometimes you know look what happened in san francisco this week just this week they have recalled three people off the school education board let's start being involved as a church because if you want to actually affect in the real here and now prayer is number one number two is action what does james say about faith without works chair of theology (laughs) that thing dead (laughs) that thing dead (laughs) (laughs) so let's talk a little bit though about that cycle that jennifer was getting into and you know Jennifer has has a has a medical background. Ch- chime in and catch me if I'm doing something wrong here. But whatever the vice is, whether it's an an alcohol or drug issue, or whether it's an issue of spending too much time so, uh, on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, the metaverse. You did another one earlier. Going to work. Going to work. Spending 12 hours a day at work when you don't need to. Focusing, oh man, that that is a whole different re- reward center issue. Seven days a week, huh? Yeah, yeah Absolutely. all the time. But dopamine, people will talk about a dopamine high. Dopamine is part of your motivation, your chemical motivation. It releases, it, it induces the release of serotonin, oxytocin, and uh, endorphins, okay, among others, right? What you have what Jennifer described is a dependency. It's a buildup. And this is something that is, you know, we, we are spiritual beings, mm-hmm. but we also have a mind and a body. We also have a mind and a body. And you'll see that as this, this buildup occurs, 
it, it's not just in the in the spiritual realm. It's also in the physical, and you're shackling yourself. The more dopamine you produce, the more your body either by producing less or by reducing the amount of receptors says, no, 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 I, I need less. And then you need yeah, more. You, you become tolerant to your own dopamine. And you need more of the stimulant, whatever it is, to continue. Yeah. And it's it's even worse than that because whatever you're doing to escape is producing that dopamine, which is producing this positive reinforcement cycle. But whatever caused you to escape in the first place is also a negative re- or a, yeah, I think that's right, negative reinforcement that's pushing you further. So not only are you running away from something, now you're running to the dopamine hit. It's a it, there's two different forces that are both pushing you further and further down this rabbit hole. It's incredibly dangerous to let this get out of hand. And that right there is where I want to start. Where should we find our peace in our rest? This is a layup, Josh. Meow. This is is a layup. But whose burden is light? I liked what you said going to the real foundational issue of the matter. If you have your Bible, open it up to Philemon 6. Hey, I was I, I told you guys. It was coming. Uh, it was coming. It was coming, Philemon 6. But, but Philemon 6, it's a big teller. When this man leads an exegetical, I mean, he just breathes it. It's good. Paul is continuing his parade, or he's continuing to write to Philemon about what he's praying about for Philemon, and just in general, what he continues to pray for Philemon. And that's what verse 6 gets into. What is Paul praying continually for Philemon? And he says this, that the communication of thy faith be effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing we have in that that you have in you in Christ Jesus. I want you to take note of that word by. If you take note of it, that means that that thing that comes after is the preceding thing before the action. So in order to act right or to put into action your faith, you actually have to have the faith to begin with. And you have to have the right thinking. You have to have the right understanding about Christ Jesus and the good things that are in Christ Jesus. And so if you don't have those good things recognized and understood, then there's no possible way that you could act in a manner that is representative of that truth. So when that, so let's take that to escapism. How are you supposed to escape escapism Get, you see what I did there? Yeah. How, how are you supposed to get Ow. out of escapism if you don't understand the truth? You can't. So the key here is you have to seek out the truth. Even though it might seem like a burden, it might seem like a grudge because, hey, listen, there's days I wake up and I think about how many things there are to pray about, and it can be really overwhelming. And it can be a a burden, not in the sense that I don't want to pray about them, but there's so many things and it's so time. It consumes a lot of your time, but it's a good thing that it consumes a lot of your time. And that's what you got to tell yourself is that this is a good thing because the Lord says it's a good thing. 
And so ultimately it comes down to, do you buy what the Lord is telling you? Or are you going to buy what your brain is telling you? Man. And your brain is deceitful. So I wouldn't trust what your brain's telling you. And that's the heart of the issue. Whether you're dealing with the need to escape a bad situation, if you're dealing with it, and and Mr. Steve put in a, a a story in our in our show thread that we can't get to today, but a, an issue with body dysmorphia, and it's something that we need to cover, and we'll, we'll we'll come back to that. We don't have the time today, but if you're dealing with body dysmorphia, body positivity, whatever happened to finding your worth? Where do you find your worth? It's in Christ, the one who, you know, in whom all of that is found. So you know, one of the one of the people I go back to in 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 the word in the Gospels, uh, Mary Magdalene. I mean, here's a woman that very possibly could have been one of those that was doing a lot of drinking. And I mean, think about the reality that she was running from. And. It's really interesting to see that once she became a follower, what happened? Was she able to, to deal with that? And for so many people that think that they want to run away from Christ because they don't want to be hooked up to somebody giving them orders, quote-unquote, I submit to you that, that God is not an order-giving God just so that he can torment you with rules. He gives you boundaries the ability to deal with reality. And I think that's one of the, the greatest messages that we could see and one of the greatest examples in God's word of somebody that, that very commonly tried to escape. And Jesus came and laid his hands on her and that, that was, it was a changing moment for her. And that's, the, that's what we should be pushing people towards, people who are struggling because Chair of philosophy. If you are trying to solve a problem by running away from reality, is that better or worse than, and how, than looking at the author of reality's face and seeking his face? Mm. If my house is burning down, I just run away and look at a different house. Now it's no longer burning down. <laughs> that, that's, that's quite a thought right there. You've not changed, you've not changed the actual uh, event and the outcome of that event. All you've done is change the scenery. Mm, wow. There's nothing substantial that has been changed. Um, you can't just run away from every problem in life because ultimately the problem is still going to be there and you will have not gone past it. So what you're doing is just we're going to be running around in a circle, avoiding whatever is prohibiting you from going on to the next problem, because life is going to be full of problems. Now, that's not a bad thing. What a word. It's, that's just how life is. Um, I, I like to say this to the kids that I teach. Um, life is not fair. That's fine. I'm glad life isn't fair. I'm, get, I'm glad we serve a God that is not fair, because what is fair is that I should go to hell. Mm. But I've been given grace. Nothing, not by what anything I could have ever done. That's not fair. So. Um, I, I would submit that there is a substantial change. It's a substantially negative change mm. because now what you might have saved by addressing that fire right away, 
everything's completely gone now. Wow. There's nothing left. Well, that's the point. Because you let it go. And that's the point, yes. is, is the distraction. It keeps you from what God designed for you and for your life. And when you practice not living in reality, somebody will come along and be the reality for you. And then you are not, you're too weak-minded to stand up and do what's right because you've practiced escapism all this time. And you've given up your freedom. Mm. You've given up your freedom. That's where we're really looking at, folks. Make sure that you find your liberty and freedom and your rapture in Christ. Make sure that you're finding that at the source that can actually substantively provide the relief that you're seeking. There's nothing wrong with enjoying a good movie. There's nothing wrong with putting on a VR headset but do you know what is wrong? Watching a thousand plus episodes of One Piece. <laughs> and who here is guilty of this? Ooh, I wonder who. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't be Josh. Uh, <laughs> um, now, hey, you know, what are it's we true, worshiping? Though. It's wrong. What are we worshiping? I and, think. And, you, and you'll find what you worship with your screen time. Look at your screen yep, time. Yep. If you have that running... By the way, don't have that running. But if you have that running, look at your screen time and compare that to your time in prayer and your time in the Word. Mr. Charlie, we're, we're on the cusp here. I, I, was, I was just saying, saying uh, just, just thinking, thinking here, that's, that's a great, great segue, segue for us to, to – obviously we're out of time uh, tonight. But um, this, this is, is a great, great topic, topic and I think just in this half hour we've shared a lot of good stuff. And I, I think, think another, another week, week on this – uh, is, is good and I really appreciate Jennifer's perspective and Nikki's perspective because for some people this this is such a serious thing and there's many that don't feel like there's a way out there is a way out there is and it's Jesus Christ him crucified and risen again amen amen so with that said this has been a short one uh, the demons have been cast out of the computer, as far as I can Hallelujah. tell. May Jesus Christ. Be- okay, I'm going to stop that. I'm not going to finish it. Uh, <laughs> if you enjoyed this podcast, go ahead and uh, throw a like down there. Comment, subscribe, and all those good things. If you have an argument that we missed, or if you have a story that we missed, I would or, love or a to hear a process, story. We'd love to hear a personal story. Uh, go ahead and put it down there. If you didn't like it, God bless you. He loves you. Uh, you know, although some of us may wish you would have left a, a thumbs up, that's okay. Uh, thank you so much. Bye bye. See you. Bye. All right. If you're still here, if you're still here, put in the comment section what is the single thing that you have wasted the most time doing that you can think of off the top of your head you go bing it doesn't have to be the ultimate but the first thing that goes bing man i've wasted a lot of time josh i mean one piece yeah it's probably it was, i'm not even joking it's probably one piece <laughs> miss nikki tv tv in general okay um give me give, give me a show if you have it if not don't worry about I, it you can just say tv i probably tv would probably be a Charlie would be sports. And we haven't watched TV very much in the last couple of years, but prior Dang. years. Yeah, Charlie would be sports all day long. Not anymore, though. No. Oh, man. That's brutal. Uh, books and real quick bonus story. <laughs> what I thought of. When Charlie mentioned a God of Boundaries, 
My friend in high school owned chickens illegally in her backyard with a pool. The chickens were so dumb that they would fall into the pool and drown and die. We are those chickens, and God sets up boundaries because we will walk into the pool. There you go. If you have a chicken story, story, put that in there too. So books. Winston. Uh, probably Rocket League. Um, I don't play it anymore. I've, I've been clean for several years now. Um, well, I mean, it's an addiction. You're clean of it or you're not. Um, also, that's why God calls us sheep, because sheep can fall on their back and just die. That's right. All right, Mr. Johnson. Probably spending a lot of time hunting. I was going to say, in the woods. In the woods, call this hunting. Episode. I spent a you know lot of time doing that. We should call this episode The Great Escape. Knights of the Old Republic. Knights of the Old Republic is where I've lost the thing. I know because my fastest speed run was 22 hours, and I have at least 80 playthroughs of it. Yeah, first or second. Gosh, I've lost a quarter of a year or a third of a year to that freaking game, and not a single playthrough was uh, was the same because it's that kind of a game. in the woods is good. Put that down there. We love y'all. Give us your stories, your uh, emails, your threads. We love you. Bye-bye. All this the great escape.